I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Welcome to the next episode of The Remedy. Okay, I'm giggling. And Kevin, you got to back me up. I mean, every single time we do our intro music, there's a dance party in here. Oh, yeah, that is true. And it doesn't matter whether our guest is like my 15-year-old daughter or like... We always get that reaction from people. A 70-, 80-year-old man or woman. Like, there's their shoulders are always moving. So I'm wondering like when people are like out walking or in the car listening to this that their shoulders and head starts bobbing at the intro uh, maybe we should just release it as like a single <laughs> with my voiceover yeah <laughs> uh well welcome to the next episode of the remedy with tobacito i'm so happy to have you all listening today i have a very special guest um on facetime today and i can't wait to introduce her but before i do i have to thank uh charlie and Mariah Williamson for sponsoring this episode of The Remedy. And what is so um, fun about that is my guest today is, I mean, you're kind of family by marriage. Um, okay, I can't hear her. I was just waiting for you to intro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now I can hear her. Um, but y'all are family um, by marriage. So it's so fun that, that Charlie, Cha-Cha, and Rye our sponsors of today's episode. So I have uh, Samantha Franklin, who from now on I will call Sam. Um, she lives in Mill Valley, California. And um, I did not meet her in Mill Valley, California. I was, although I was just out there a couple weeks ago. I um, can't believe you were here and I didn't, I missed you. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that you just moved, but it's a great place that you just, you just moved to. So anyway, um, I knew I was going to have to FaceTime, but I didn't know it was going to be California A, one of my favorites, <laughs> Northern California. That's like s- home number two to me. So you're it's in a, a special place. Oh, it is a special place. So, um, so I met you um, a while ago, but I really connected with you at actually Mariah and Charlie's wedding. We had yeah. so much fun. I officiated their wedding in um, in San Miguel, which was so much fun. Um, and it was there we kind of bonded um, on over several things. Uh, we shared stories. We had some alcohol. Had a, had a little bit of tequila together. <laughs> had a few dance parties. It was so much fun. Um, celebrated people we love. But, um, but you shared a little bit of your story. Uh, with me there, which I loved and appreciated, but um, I would have never, maybe I would have, I can't say I would have never, but it probably, because I don't know you super duper well, I don't know that I would have ever reached out to you and said, hey, you know, I loved your story. Would you ever be willing to share it? But you reached out to me, which made me so happy because you do have an amazing story to tell and share. And, um, you got in touch with me and said, Hey, if you ever want someone to talk about this, I would be more than willing to do it. And I was like, Oh, 
Yes, when? <laughs> so thank you, because what we're talking about today is drinking and driving. And um, and you're going to share a little bit or a lot of your story with all of us. And hopefully we can learn a thing or two from you and the lessons that you learned in it. And so thank you for coming. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for telling telling things that are not and share things that are probably not always easy to share. So, Sam, tell us a little bit about you. From Dallas, and I have two girls. Um, I have a three-year-old named Lennon and a one-year-old named Palmer, and they are the the lights of my life, and my husband, of course. (laughs) Um, And we're just kind of here playing it by ear, which is crazy because we really have, we don't know how long we're going to be here for. Um, we moved here for my husband's job. So we've kind of just like living one day at a time and kind of like in limbo, which is really fun. And that's kind of one of the reasons that I reached out to you because I somehow have this whole new perspective on life and, um, just really trying to think about life now with kids and kids growing up and how am I going to, I mean, they're still really young, right? So there's not a lot of things that you can say to shape a kid's life when they're one year, one years old, but I'm like, they're going to grow up and they're the things that I'm saying and doing are going to have an impact on their life. And so I've really been thinking that about all of that lately. And I just, you know, I just think it's important to talk about things that are uncomfortable um, to maybe help somebody else or, and it's something that I have never done before and never wanted to do. Um, but I think that it's really important. So, you know, what's so funny about you saying that. So I was having lunch with a girlfriend today and we were talking about how our parents never, ever, ever had uncomfortable conversations with us. And Even my mom didn't have ever really have com- uncomfortable conversations. With yes, me. like there, it's it was just. I mean, you're you're quite a bit younger than me, but there has been a time, and that like having the uncomfortable conversation. Like when I was growing up, we, my girlfriend and I were literally just talking about this at lunch. It was like, sex is a sin. Don't do it. You know, but. <laughs> Okay, I'm not sex. I don't want to sin, and and I was probably gonna catch something. Like those are yeah. that, those were the messages. Yeah. You know, awesome. <laughs> and You're going to get chlamydia, and also uh, my mom used to say your body is a temple, and I was like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know how to react to this. My body is a temple. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and it is, but what does that mean? Yes. Can you talk about this a little bit more? Yeah. I remember when I got my period for the first time, and I was so – because we lived in, like, a very – like, it was all girls. It was me, my sister, and my mom. Like, a very open, like, comfortable household. We never really, like, talked about – it was always just – not surface, but – we never really talked about like the deep stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When we were younger, it's when I got my period. My mom was like, do you want to talk about it? I was like, no, absolutely not. Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it. And, and why, why would a mom ever ask their daughter if they want, no daughter wants to talk about it. <laughs> like you just have to talk about it. But I think yeah. that's, I think it is kind of like how we've enlightened and grown as like a people, you know, yeah. and as a society that like, 
we are willing, like being vulnerable and telling your story. And even if it's not perfect, it's actually, it should be, you know, a lot more celebrated because right. the hard is some of our greatest lessons. I mean, all the hard in my life, it's, it's, it's shaped who I am and it, it, it is, it is my story, you know, yeah. it, it is my story. So where did, where did you grow up? Where did you and Jenica and your mama grow up? Um, so we grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Go Bucks. Love Columbus, Ohio. Can't also say I love the Bucks, but I'm also like, oh, <laughs> we are the most obnoxious fans. So I understand. <laughs> well, it's not that I don't like them. I just don't, um, don't love them the way well, you do. <laughs> most people don't it's really it's crazy obsessive but yeah so we grew up in Columbus Ohio and um it was kind of so it was kind of just me and my sister and my mom my dad was in the picture for I think they got they got divorced when I was eight but he was never even around when we were really young so it was just kind of the three of us and my grandparents um so it was kind of like girl power always you know and I, which is really, really special, but, um, we kind of just looked out for each other and we were each other's best friends. And I think that that's tying into the story that I tell later is, you know, my mom raised us by like on her own. So I think she always wanted to be like our, like protect us and be our friend just as much as she wanted to be our mom. And so there was not in our house. It was kind of free range. There was not a lot of discipline. We it's kind of kind of free like, range. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great I mean, way to say it. We never got grounded. We just, you know. Um, Did you ever get in trouble? Oh, I got in trouble all the time. I was a terrible, terrible teenager. Terrible. I don't know how her and my stepdad put up with me, honestly. But. <laughs> And Jenica was really well behaved. She was. She was like a cupcake princess. Oh, so and she's <laughs> older, right? You're yeah, the... so she's three and a half years older. Okay, so it's you and your sister. You have a. Yeah, I love that you call her cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> cupcake princess. <laughs> cupcake princess. Just very well Never did anything wrong, and I'm <laughs> total opposite. Okay. If, I could, if there was a window that had any sort of way to get out of it, I would find. I would find my way out. <laughs> Okay, so how old were you when you began to be rebellious? Um, probably around age thir- 12, 13. And what did, so that, I, what did that look I like? Went to, I went to a, uh, a co-ed private school, and then I started acting out in ways that hanging out with the wrong crowd, lying, sneaking out. And that's pretty young. Um, yeah. And... Uh, my mom always says a rebel without a cause because really I, she, she was so, she gave us everything. She was like, I can't, I couldn't imagine a better mom, but it's not, you know, like I was raised in some sketchy situation. Yeah. Well, I learned, I I learned when I was in youth ministry, like there were great parents with, with really messed up kids and there were messed up parents. There were messed up parents with really great kids and there were really you know, uh, and whatever the opposite is, <laughs> there are right. really great parents with messed up kids and vice versa. Right. Like, I know. like there, there wasn't, you know, people I, and parents, especially, and now that you're one of them, you probably like 
when your children, when your child acts out, you can't help but like make it about you, right? Like, right, because you're like, what am I doing wrong? Yes, but what it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's and not. that's, um, it, that's obviously that's such a tough thing to put on yourself. But yeah. so she was like, why is she acting out? Okay, so now I'm going to send her to an all girls private school. So that is where I went. Started in ninth grade. Is this all girls private school? I was in the school with 49 girls in my class. And where um, what, was it an, away from Columbus or was it in Columbus? No, it was in Columbus. Jenica okay. went there too, but Jenica went there by choice because it was super fun for her. Because <laughs> <laughs> perfect little cupcake princess, of course, That's wanted to go to an all girl school. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom in her mind at, thought it was the best choice for me. She was like, okay, well this, you know, we're removing the people that she's saying, we're removing a problem. Mm-hmm. So we're taking away all of the things that maybe had a bad influence on Sam and we're removing that environment completely. Mm-hmm. Friends, all of that. And so were you angry? So angry, cried, screamed through stuff. I mean, you, I can't even tell you, I tried to, you had to take a test to get in. I tried to fail the test <laughs> and I probably did. But, <laughs> but you were cupcake princess's younger sister. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cupcake princess, <laughs> we're going to let her in. Um, I mean, I was very, very angry and, but it was fine. Um, but I was surrounded by a lot of people and in ninth grade. And now I know this as you know, in 31, I had no idea who I was, no idea of my identity at all. And I was surrounded by people at that point that I knew that I probably really didn't want to be friends with. Mm -hmm. And the acting out did not stop. Again, rebel without a cause. But I, you know, I just continued. I mean, I really, I was bad. I was really bad. (laughs) I love, I love I was bad. Like, (laughs) Like, I mean, there's like no just straight up, it. I was bad. I wasn't like, you know, doing meth in the bathroom or anything, but I was, like I said, sneaking out and stealing, stealing my parents' car at night and just. As a I freshman? Was, oh, yeah. Wow. And so where were we? How did you, a- you just, you just braved the driving? Like you just yeah. did it? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it was, I usually drove to Bexley, which is where my, where the school was, which was 45 minutes from where we lived. Unbelievable. So you're 14, (laughs) 15 years old and you're just driving down the highway. Oh yeah. Dang. I didn't have those guts. I just. Three o'clock in the morning on like a Wednesday night. (laughs) (laughs) Were you alone? Did you have friends? Well, I was going to meet friends, but yeah, I was alone on the way there and alone on the way back. I look back and I'm just like, oh, God bless my children. Please don't let them be anything worse. <laughs> and my mom One of them's me, going to. are going to be 10 times worse than you are. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I was really, I mean, I was borderline out of control. You were out of control. There's no borderline, <laughs> sister. <laughs> I have a freshman. I have two freshmen. And if they were doing this, I it would... It would freak me out to such epic proportions. I don't know what I would do. (laughs) Well, and I think, I mean, my mom still, I think I told her probably we were talking like three years ago and I told her that I used to take her car and she was like, what? 
She had no idea. You no, never got caught? You never got caught doing that? Never got caught taking the car. Not oh, I never got caught sneaking out. <gasps> I only got caught because I decided to keep my alcohol in the exact same place in my closet every single time I tried to hide it. My mom was like, at least find a new hiding place. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Be creative with your rebelliousness. <laughs> Oh, I was just that not good so at funny. it. <laughs> okay, so you, so your mom, are, after you go to the all-girls school and things aren't changing, is she freaking out? Um, I think probably, like, silently, but now as a mother, I understand, too, like, doesn't know maybe the right way to handle it. Yeah. Um, just, like, punishing me wasn't working mm -hmm. and um you know trying to use like a lot of different methods in order to try to figure out you know she would try to figure out who I was and what I was like and what could move the needle what could what could yeah. stop the madness so yeah. so I'll, I gotta pause you there and so I'm sure there's a lot of moms and dads listening that are going through this right now with a teenage child is there anything that your mom could have done? Like she tried, it sounds like she tried, you know, consequences and punishment and she probably grounded you and, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. You said she yeah. didn't ground you, but I'm sure there were cons. You had to go to an all girls school. Like, was there anything that she could have done at the time that would have, and not that your answer is going to be everybody else's answer, but Right. Do you think there's anything that could have changed it or helped? Honestly, I, I don't, it's a terrible thing to say, but I don't think so. I think I was in my own head and I had this idea of just trying to lash back at everything. So no matter what kind of pressure or what kind of consequence there was, I was just, I wanted nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that, like you said, nobody will have the same answer. And I think a lot of things stem from other things that bother us. We just don't even realize it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Like things that have happened to us and we're just like, you don't realize it. Cause even as a, I mean, as a high school, you just don't think about that. Right. You're um, not analyzing your behavior. You just right. are behaving. Right. You're just pissed off for no reason. <laughs> And that's like what I was. And do you I, think that your dad not being a part of your life had anything to do with it? I'm not trying to put that on you, but how no, much of absolutely. a, how much and of now that, that I'm older, I do think that that probably had stuff to do with it. And my sister didn't really get along or like my dad. And I was always like, what's wrong with it? This is, you know, he's so great and he's a wonderful person. And, but he was never around mm -hmm. and I do think that those little things even though you don't not little thing that's a huge thing but even though you don't think and focus on that that affects you no matter what well and if you were putting stock in him if you were thinking he's a great guy and having you know you're you were saying those things because you were hoping those things and then he kept not if he's right. not showing up but you keep putting that hope and faith in him I'm sure that I'm sure that right. had a lot to do with why you were not that I, you need me to psychoanalyze you right now. But. No, you're right. God, help me. <laughs> I think that I'm one of those people who tries to 
to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody does something wrong. Well, they're doing something wrong because. Yeah. Because of something else that has. It has it, yeah. It's not yeah. to you. So, right. So, you know, he was an alcoholic, like severe alcoholic. He cheated on my, like all of these things. All the things. Um, but there has to be a reason, right? Why would that, you know, why would somebody be like that? And, um, you know, yeah, that definitely probably had an effect on me. And then at that time I didn't realize it. And if somebody were to bring that up to me in high school, I'd be like, what do you, who do you think you are? I don't care about that. That doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, because mm -hmm. your mindset is just totally different. Right. Right. Well, your brain isn't developed. You can't wrap your head around the why. Right. So. I mean, I guess snowballing into it all, I was just, honestly, my accident that probably saved my life because it didn't kill me and it made me wake up. So how old are you when you get in an accident? Tell us about it. Tell us the whole so, story. Start from the, like, the day, the day of the accident. Go. So the day of the accident. You um, wake up. I wake up. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 16. Okay. I've had my driver's license probably for oh, five months. Okay. Um, I'm 16 and it's Saturday and um, a girl in my class that I was not necessarily friends with at all. Actually, we had had lots of, you know, what teenage drama. Girl, I guess. girl drama. <laughs> <laughs> was having a toga party at her house. A, to a tova party or a toga party? <laughs> a tova party. <laughs> you have no idea how many times people thought that was a funny joke. I'm like, it's not original. <laughs> you can be that for Halloween, though, a tova party. <laughs> I should. I've never, That'd be pretty good. <laughs> I've never done that, but I'm doing that. Next costume party, I'm coming in a toga. <laughs> yeah, you should. That would be amazing. <laughs> so so funny. Sure toga party mind you and i'm gonna 16. dress up as toga cedo <laughs> <laughs> kevin's coming as toga <laughs> tova and toga <laughs> uh, that's funny <laughs> um so mind you we're 16 and this is at her parents house okay okay which in my opinion right now i mean i don't know what my i'm gonna be like when my kids are 16 but i Sure as shit, no, I'm not going to have a goddamn toga party. Sorry. Excuse my language, but I'm just not going to do that. And so, of course, we're all excited, you know. And my mom, the worst part about this is my mom is out of town. She's in Colorado with her friends on her yearly ski trip with her girlfriends. Okay. So what, my stepdad is home. And what month, What what what's the date? Honestly... I don't remember. Well, that's okay. It's winter. Yeah. Okay. Well. Because she's skiing. She's skiing. Yeah. It's sometime in winter. Um, Early spring something. That's a really good question. I should know the answer No, to it that. really doesn't matter. <laughs> I actually hate dates because I don't want to remember dates of things. I know. Because it's really in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're having this toga party. And at this point... Um, so my stepdad is watching us and two of my friends come over and we're getting ready. We're going to this toga party. We're drinking in my bedroom upstairs. And where did you hide your alcohol that your mom 
probably in the same place in my closet. It was always on top of my, in the top shelf of my closet. <laughs> I didn't put a blanket over it. it Where did like, you get it? Where did you get alcohol? So we used to have a drive through. So we went to school in a neighborhood called Bexley. And it was kind of, it was literally right next to like the ghetto of downtown Columbus. Okay. And so if you went five blocks down, you could go through drive throughs I don't even know if they have those anymore. drive throughs where you go through, you order anything. We had this guy named Mario who would give us anything we wanted. So I would drive even from our house. We lived in Delaware, which is 45 minutes away, to go see Mario to get, that was the only place we could get alcohol. Wow. So we'd go, and we used to get these huge bottles of screwdrivers. So disgusting. And <laughs> it was probably like pop-off vodka mixed with like fake orange juice. And so we went and we got those. We put our togas on. You know, have you ever seen The Little Mermaid? Yeah. You know when Ariel like gets her legs for the first time? She has a rope wrapped around her. That's what we looked like. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dumb. I mean, we could... We took bed sheets and ripped them apart. We're like, took a party. So um, we drank before the party and drove, which was probably like a 20 minute drive, drove to this party. And again, this girl's mom was there and there was so much alcohol. It was a huge party. There was probably 50 kids there. Um, Everybody drank. It was out of control. And my, boyfriend at the time um was there he he came afterwards I guess because I, I forget why but it was time to go home because my stepdad was like you have curfew you have to be home by 11 o'clock and even like 11 o'clock was pretty like wild and late yeah it's a so, very generous that's a very, very generous. generous uh curfew when you're 16 yeah and so I remember being like, okay, no matter what, like we, I have to be home by 11 just to check in. And then we're going to come back. We're going to come back to the party. And Cause you're going to so sneak out. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and the party was, you know, it was going to continue going on. So, so what I, are, can I ask real quick, interject, what, what, are, what are the parents of this house with 50 kids getting wasted doing? Are they drinking? Don't even get me started on this. I hope you're not listening, but <laughs> mom of this person <laughs> I mean just always out of control she was like one of those parents that was like you can have everybody you want over in the basement everybody can drink it's fine she was um a divorced mom of three like very fun girls and she just kind of anything went if you wanted to go and drink you always went to their house kind of thing and so Which at the time, I'm sure like all those parents, when I was in high school, they were the cool parents. Like, oh yeah. Everybody was they're like, so and cool. all the they're so like, cool. She's so hot. She's so fun. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like now no. that we're moms, it's like, oh my gosh, who were these people? Like, I know. and if you are one of those people, just stop. Like, Please do for the sake of your kids. Yes, they won't realize it now, but they will realize it later. They will, and you know what? I'm so glad you say that because it's so true. Like when you're in it, you think this is the coolest thing. Like I remember, yeah. Like there was the cool dad. Like there was the divorced dad, 
and we had a couple. And why are they all divorced? I mean, I'm divorced. I'm telling you, I'm not going to have the party. I'm not providing the alcohol. You're not doing yeah. that stuff at my house. Like, yeah. like it, it does, like, I have to say, there are, and if you're divorced, you know I'm not stereo. I'm divorced, but I'm telling you, I think there are a lot of divorced people who go off the reservation for a little while and they're trying to figure out they're dating you know it's kind of yeah. like you turn back into this 20 something and you kind of got to keep your wheels on because your kids are watching you and you need to be an adult yeah and it's almost like they're recently you know they're just they're trying to prove that they're still fun and they can still do this stuff and they want to you know i mean and I don't know this from experience, but I think a lot of people who get divorced with young children, they that, that's immediately where all of their energy and attention goes yeah. because that's like their main source of, of life in general. And so then you just like, you kind of zone into more of I'm their friend yeah. than, than anything else. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think that's exactly what this lady did. Um, she is, I would just, she's not, you know. I so you would just not recommend, you would not recommend yeah. it. <laughs> that was apparent, but we used to think like, oh, she's so cool. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget when we had prom at, we went, had after party prom at my house and my mom found all of our alcohol and took it all away and said, you guys can have plenty of fun without all of this. And we were just like, oh my, I was like, my mom, she's so, who would do that? That's so crazy. Like it's prom, we're not leaving, we're not doing anything. But now I'm like, I think she made the right, I mean, that's, what being a parent is making, yeah. making the right choice for your kid. Yeah, it's true. When they're not capable of doing that for themselves. Right. Because you just aren't thinking like yeah, that. Your brain's not done. No, your brain's not, not done. That you're, they are not capable of making great choices on their behalf. They're just not. No, but so, okay. So you go to the toga party. Y'all, everybody's getting drunk. It's time for you to go home. Time and, for me to but go home. don't worry. Sam's coming back. She's just got to go check in real quick. I just have to go say hi, and then I'm, I'm out. And mom's going to go to sleep, and then you're out. So mom's out of town, but stepdad's Oh, home. that's right. Dad, stepdad. And I drove there, and my boyfriend was with me at the time, and he was like, I'm going to drive the car. And I was like, I'm fine to drive. I, I threw a fit. I'm fine to drive. I have this under control. Like This is my car. I'm fine to drive. He gets in the passenger seat. We start driving. We're probably... So we're on a busy intersection in Columbus. Um, it's by the mall. It's called Polaris Parkway. So there's a big mall on the side. There's lots of stop signs, lots of, you know, all of that. It's like a, I wouldn't say it's a high, it's like a freeway. Driving down, all of a sudden, my car, I'm, I, we're, we're crashing. I have my hand over my eye. I just gushing blood. And I have no idea what happened. So, happened so, so you're just on the highway and you don't know what happens. No idea. I, I mean, it happened like, obviously I was not controlling my car, but all of a sudden I just looked down and I'm bleeding. My boyfriend is in the passenger seat. Thank God nothing happened to him. Not a scratch, but I'm looking down and I'm bleeding and I'm just like, and I remember trying to start my car, trying to start my car and I couldn't start it. And I was like, what is happening? Why won't the car start? And oh my gosh, I was like, we need to get out. We have to get out. We have to get out of the car and just start walking. But I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't move because at this point my airbag was deployed. 
I have glass all over. I'm bleeding. And where is the car? Is it still on the highway or is it off the highway? Or we, the road? So I ran, I ran into a median and hit a stop sign and the stop sign went through my passenger door window and a piece of glass slight basically sliced my eye in half. Oh. And I just remember being looking at him and he was screaming and then I hear the ambulance. And I was like, okay, well, and don't remember anything after that to be clearly honest with you. And I woke up with my head wrapped and I had a bandage over my eye. My mom who was in Colorado the night before is now standing in front of my hospital bed. So you remember, you remember, you don't remember the accident. You remember coming to after the accident and thinking, I got to get out of the car. And then the next thing you remember is the next day, your mom over yeah. you. Yes. <clears throat> and I, you don't remember getting in the ambulance. I don't remember getting in the ambulance and I still have, I still honestly to this day have like flashbacks of the, like that part of the accident of like this and looking over like, at my, like grabbing your eye, blood gushing yeah. and, and I'll like wake up and be like, oh my God. like, so it's still, I wouldn't say haunts me, but it's definitely something that's, it's um, still in your subconscious. Yeah. And it's affected me obviously. And in, in a lot of ways, but yeah, so I woke up, my mom's there and she was like, are you, do you remember anything? Are you okay? And I just remember being like, oh my, you know, what happened? I mean, I know what happened, but what happened? Um, and at this point, are you, are you remembering that your boyfriend was okay or were you scared about him? I remember him being okay. Hmm. So I remember him So you being weren't okay. panicked about somebody being seriously injured? I, I was because I had no idea who else was involved in the accident. Hmm. I had, I didn't know if I had hit another car. Mm. I didn't know. I had no idea what I hit. Mm. I just knew that like something gouged hit my eye. eye. Yeah. Um, so I went into a 10 hour surgery to save my eye because they thought for sure they were going to have to give me a glass eye. Um, 10 hour surgery to save my eye and they were able to save it. And then. Um, were you aware? Were you like, now I'm going into surgery? Did you know that that was happening? No, no idea. Okay. So you, that don't, was all. you don't remember them telling you, okay, now we're going into surgery. No, because it was immediate. Oh, so when you woke up, you had already been in surgery? Yeah. Oh, whoa. So because there was to... no way oh. they would have been able to save it. Save it. And then um, a few months later, I had to go again, fly to Detroit and go to a retina specialist because my retina detached from my eye, which regardless if you can see out of your eye or not, it makes the eye unhealthy. Oh, if the retina is detached. So I had a nine hour surgery and pitch black with just like the doctor only had a headlamp on to reattach. He had to. So you were awake. You were awake. I was asleep for it, but it took him nine hours and it was supposed to take like three hours. Oh gosh. <laughs> so I'm blind, completely blind in my left eye. Okay, uh, so hold on. Let's back up. So you you wake up. Your mom says, "Are you okay?" Like a da da da. da the, and you've already had surgery. You didn't even know you had surgery. Yeah. And and tell me about you like realizing what's happened. I mean, I think immediately it was just like a lot of guilt, and I mean, obviously a lot of guilt, sadness, and sadly more than anything was like, what's everybody going to think about this? 
which should not be at the forefront of anybody's mind after what happens. But that's a natural I would, reaction. I would think of that. So I was like, what's everything? Like, how is like my life going to pan? Like, am I going to get kicked out of school? Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea what was going to happen because mm-hmm. I didn't know the consequences of doing something like that. I had no idea. Yeah. Um. So I think that was like my biggest fear. Okay. So isn't it funny? It's not funny, but... Uh, people use that word and it's not appropriate, but it's, isn't it interesting? It's interesting to me that like you're, you've just been in this horrible accident. You've gone through this 10 hour surgery. And one of your first thoughts is what's, what is everybody going to think? What's somebody else going to think about me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I think about myself at this point, but what is somebody else? Gonna yeah. Think about me? What are people going to say? How bad are people going to talk? Were you, yeah. were you embarrassed? I was so embarrassed and I was so sad that I had my mom who like you know goes on one vacation a year with her friends I she was on the first plane out obviously to come after she heard about the accident and she said that that was I mean imagine her now I imagine her as a mom being on the airplane on the way from there to here I'm just like I mean you know, yeah, I can't like even imagine like you, all you do is get a phone call that your daughter's been in a horrible accident. She's going into surgery, like something's yeah. wrong with her eye. They're hoping to save her eye. I mean, and, right. and she's like torn, I'm sure between these two worlds of thank God she's alive and, and, and oh my gosh, I could kill her. Yeah, I could <laughs> kill her. And that poor precious thing how is this going to change her life? You know, because honestly, when you think about it, like we are way too young to get cars. I mean, the fact that like we have access to our children have access to all of these things when they're entirely too young, like we should all be dead. Like I should be dead 10 times over because of all of the stupid decisions. I mean, it's, it's quite frankly, just a miracle that that we're all not walking around with something missing because of all of our stupid choices right and just all of like the random things that can happen and i, I would think and too luckily, oh sorry to mean to interrupt guys but just being your mom and having you know that much weight on your shoulders and just having the that travel time is a lot of time to get into your own head oh. you know oh about that it's and the blame like yeah like, just so many emotions the worst four just hours to torment yourself yeah for sure. So and the first thing we did was, are you okay? Best, who are the best doctors here? What can we do? I mean, she immediately went and found solutions, which is to me, instead of being like, what were you thinking? This was a bad choice. She was like, okay, let, how can I help you? How can I make this better for you? That is so when sweet. I was 100% in the wrong, you know? <laughs> and I think that that's a, as a mom, I think that's a really important thing to remember when you just want to be like, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Why would you make this choice? When you can be like, okay, this was an accident. You made a bad decision, but let's like, let's try to make the best let's out of find this. solutions. On the good stuff. <clears throat> it's such a good point, Sam. It's such, and it's such a good reminder for parents because that is not, that is not the time for the lecture. Like right. you, <clears throat> you did not need the lecture. And yet so many parents can't, I mean, there've been times where I've given a lecture when it was the worst timing 
And whenever, yeah. whenever I do that, you know, have my son Carter, he goes, okay, okay, okay. Like he just, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. Like, this is not the right time. It's not the right yeah. space. Like I should not be doing this right now. So it's such good advice to parents. And it, and it could have gone the totally different direction because so she was a hundred percent on my team. Thank God. I, and so was my sister, a hundred percent of my team backed me up and I returned to school two weeks later and still had to wear an eye patch. And they made me stand up in morning meeting and said, this is what happens when you drink and drive. Stop. Morning meeting is when the entire high school gets together in one room, made me stand up by myself and said, this is what happens when you drink and drive. Oh. And then that exact same day, the girl whose party I left, whose party it was, said she had it coming to her. She's out of control. She's always messing up. She's always, you know, oh. having a good time. She had it coming to her. And so I think that that's when, like, the, the negative thoughts about what happened to me, instead of turning it into, like, hey, I can help people. This is a positive thing. I think I just immediately, like, identified myself with this. Shame spiral. Yeah. I was <laughs> embarrassed. I People would ask me about the accident or what happened. Even, I mean, even 10 years later, what happened to your eye? Or is your eye blue? And instead of being like, because I don't know if you can see it. You've seen it, but it's, you know, marbled. Yeah, but to, to people who can't see your eye, explain what your eye looks like. So it's, I thought it was a birthmark um, when I first met you. And I, I was like, people, that's you, such an awesome say, eye. With a blue eye. And I would say, yeah, I'm just, I just have two different color eyes. Instead of being like, no, I got in a car accident and this is what happened. I was lying about it because I was, I just attached shame and guilt mm -hmm. and sadness with, with something that happened to me instead of being like, I made a really bad choice and I decided to drink and drive and this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay to talk about this now because I think it's really important for other people to realize and notice. And, you know, instead of being like, oh, I'm blind in one eye saying, well, at least I have still, I still have one eye. Yeah. Turning into a positive thing. So when, so oh, go ahead. I want you to finish it. It looks like my, it's a, just a brown eye, but on the the bottom right corner, it looks like, I would say like hazy, like a hazy blue. So it kind of looks like my eye was sliced in half, like half blue, half brown. But it actually, to me, it really does look like you were born with one, with two different color. Like it, it's such a beautiful eye. Like it really is such a pretty I, eye. And I think so now too. And so I got brown contacts to cover it for mm. a really long time because I was embarrassed. I thought it looked mm. wrong. Because you don't want to be weird or different. And again, and you I, don't well, want to talk just, about it. Yeah, and I just attached it to these awful Lies. like emotions that people I I let people tell me how I was supposed to feel about myself mm. from the minute that that accident happened until I was old enough to realize like that just, doesn't define me. No, it doesn't define me. Yes, that has had a huge impact on my life, but now I'm ready to you know, to use it the right like to have a positive impact instead of feeling bad about it and feeling 
shameful and guilty about it. Well, it is what happened and it is what you did, but it's not who you are. It's just not, we call, if we were the sum of all of our worst decisions, none, we would all commit suicide. Like, like what would would be, what would be the point in living? Like if I was the sum of, if Tovacito was only the sum of all of her like top 10 worst decisions, I would not want to live. I would not want to live. So Sam, when did you, when did you figure out, uh, when did you realize or understand that you were blind? Was it immediately? Like when you woke up? So it was immediately. um, And they, of course, try, I had cataract surgery. I had the retina um, reattachment surgery. They did a ton of things to try to help see if it would make a difference. Um, but I mean, it, I, it totally destroyed my eye mm-hmm. and it's still a scary thing thinking like, Oh my gosh, if anything were ever happened to my other eye. Yeah. I never thought about you know, that. You're, I would be completely blind. Um, but I, I realized it pretty soon and it took me a really long time to get used to. I had vertigo pretty bad for a couple of years mm. just because of, I was off balance. Yeah. Because you're only seeing, I've never even thought about that because you're only seeing one. Yeah. How did it affect your day to day? Like well, I, I would have no idea how only having uh, one honestly, eye. For any like kids or parents with kids who are really good at sports and playing sports, I was an incredible soccer and lacrosse player and screwed that all up for me. I was going to go to college and play sports and I couldn't because I have no depth perception anymore. Cause you need so. both, both eyes for it. So how did you grieve that? I mean, I think I just, I, I was really sad. I was really sad about it for a really long time and I couldn't figure out why I was like, well, you know, there are people who lose legs and they still, or lose their arm. They can still ride a bicycle. And so I was like really convinced that I would just be able to figure out a way, but I, I couldn't. And I, um, I'm still really sad about, I think that's like one of the biggest things to me this day is I just, I lost that ability of something that I loved to do. And I'm still grieving about that. That's that probably will never be over because it was, you know, one part of of you, it was just such a part of my life. That's what I did. I played sports and I loved it. And I, I mean, it's something that I, you know, will just have to deal with. And, um, but I think that, yeah, I think that I'll probably grieve with that forever. How, um, how, how old are you now? 31. This was, uh, so 15 15 years years ago. ago. So you're 31 and how, how does it, and you're, you're a mom and you're a wife. How does it affect your day to day now? Like being blind, and then we'll talk about the emotional stuff. But I want to know, like physically, what is it? What is it like to not be able to see out of one eye? Um, still really hard. I run into a lot of stuff. To be honest, <laughs> everything on my left side I run into. Um, and driving can be a little scary when you have. I didn't even think all about that. the important things with you in your car, like your children. Mm-hmm. Um, can be a little scary. So. Thankfully, I just got one of those cars and it like blinks when somebody's in the other lane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know um, that. Yeah. 
there's just like little things that you don't really even think about. Um, I run into people like I run into people at the grocery store a lot, which is like so stupid. But and they'll be like, literally look at me like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm like I'm the right here. Why can't you see? Me? <laughs> like unbelievable, unbelievable. Why did you just run into me? So like little stuff like that. That's obviously not changing my life because I ran into some lady at the grocery store, but. It gets annoying. Sure. <laughs> you know I mean? No. Like the day to day. It's like the little things, you know, yeah. little things that and like drive you crazy. Sure, like when I'm looking both ways, I'm like really looking both ways. <laughs> it's like a full three, it's like an owl turn. <laughs> I wish y'all who, who cannot see her right now could see her turning all the way around. Like if I want to look left, I just look left, but you have to look all it's the like, way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just those little things. I've, I've compensated for it over the last 15 years. You know what sure. I mean? I've, I've now you've just learned how to live with it. Yeah, just live with it. But there are still th- things that you can't help. I mean, I stopped seeing, like, I mean, you can see me. But, like, here. So, like, I can't see my hand here. Okay, so for those of you who can't see her, like, <laughs> she's holding her hand. Like, if your hand is right in front of your left eye and you moved it, like, three inches to the left, you, yeah. she can't see that. Right. You can't see it out of your left or right eye. You can't see it. So no, per- no, it's no not peripheral so like vision. Everything, no peripheral, exactly. So everything over here. Everything on your left side is dead. Yeah. So my kids are probably going to get away with a lot. If oh, I'm I'd be making like faces that. at you <laughs> on the left <laughs> if yeah. you told me to clean my room. People are probably like, <laughs> just go to her left side. Just go to her left side. <laughs> I'm glad actually, you can laugh about it. an accident that happened like a couple of years before that I lost, not a car accident, I was playing lacrosse, but I lost all of my hearing in my left ear. So my left side literally doesn't exist. You don't have hearing in your left ear either? Oh, Sam, that's just bad luck. At least it's all on your left. At least it's all on your left. Like, what if you didn't have your right hearing and your left eye? You would be a mess. (laughs) A hot mess. Matt, if I have a question? No. Um, Hey, Sam, just out of curiosity, did you ever, um, you know, kind of connect and talk with your boyfriend about, you know, what happened when he was with you at the time? And did you ever know, find out exactly uh, what happened, what caused the accident? So, yes, I talked to him a lot. We actually kept dating for another two years after that. Um, his dad actually didn't let, let me see him for a couple of weeks. Um, but he was probably just as drunk as I was, honestly. Yeah. He might have gotten us home safe. But um, he was really, really sweet and tried to come visit me when he was allowed to as much as he could. So understanding and it was just a really uncomfortable situation i think for our parents you know like how to handle like how do you give them consequences about this exactly like what like the boundaries there i don't know if anybody even a professional could even handle something like that there was just a lot of oh yeah that's heavy stuff a lot was he able to Uh, have a better yeah better recollection of you know the events leading up or he you know, he didn't really talk about it. He just kind of was like, I'm here for you. And this sucks. I think a couple of times he said, you should have let me drive. You should have let me drive. 
um, which in hindsight I should have, but well, that doesn't. But either way, it was that was a bad decision. <laughs> Equally as bad decision. Right. Yeah. Man, yeah. It could have been um, worse. I think, that, I think that he, you know, that's a really good question. I'm actually still friends with him. I should probably reach out to him. I, I you know, because if I was the passenger, I would still be like, maybe have a little guilt about something like that. Sure, sure. You know, like. What if I would have driven? What would yeah, else could have happened? Of course. That kind of thing. So I would. That's actually a really great question. I should talk to him about it. Um, that's a great question. So um, at what point, Sam, could you... Well, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you a little bit more about the shame and stuff, but I want to ask you also about um, the legal ramifications. What were the, what, what happened legally with you? Okay. That's a great question. So they, once I got um, into the ambulance mm -hmm. after the accident, they took my blood, but I was unconscious at the time. So they didn't ask for my permission. So they were not able to use that against me. And so... I did not get a DUI. I got a reckless operation, which is a miracle. Wow. And they still need your permission, even if you're a minor, so they're not able to... They still need your permission, gotcha. no matter what. Did not know that. Um, so they weren't able to ask me, and they took my blood, and they tried to... They, they said they had to throw it out in court. So did they have any... Do you have any idea what your blood alcohol level was? Um... I'm asking I, this like I know what I'm talking I about. I, I, I've probably watched that on a movie. It was so high to the point where my mom like almost fell off of her seat when she heard it. Mm. She was like, oh my, I mean like, like it was bad. totally taken aback. Um, but I, I can't tell you exactly. I don't remember exactly. What it was it just was. high. Really high. Mm -hmm. And they weren't able to use that in court. Thankfully, thankfully, but, um, so yeah, I just ended up getting a reckless, a reckless off. They took my license away, I think, for six months. And that was that. Which is a pretty minor consequence. God. Yeah, you probably weren't in a big hurry to drive anyway after right? that. <laughs> so. Sam, yeah, were you, were you like freaked out after this? Oh my, I was so scared. I was so scared. Did not want to leave the house. My mom had to wake me up like every six hours and or every two hours. Um, at night to put like eye drops in my eye and then I had to get silicone oil in my eye and I don't know if you know anything about that but that's to like stabilize the retina so I had to lay on my stomach for three months and even when I got up to go to the bathroom or do anything I had to keep my head down because you weren't allowed to like pick your head up oh my gosh so what happened with school so they let me do a lot of schoolwork from home this is my senior year um and it was at the beginning of my senior year because I did, now that we're talking, we were talking about dates, um, I did go back to school because that's when they made me stand up and I was like the scarlet letter. <laughs> and then I grad, I mean, I walked for graduation, so I was fine. Um, Does it freak but, you out, Sam, that you could have hurt someone? Absolutely. I think about that I would all think the time. about that all the time. Like if there was another car involved and God forbid, I mean, God forbid anybody was in there, but yeah, I mean, cause not even for like, we were talking like legal consequences. Just, no, it's just, you just, just can't let soul. Like that Yeah. Like, like I would never brain, forgive myself. Never. I don't, I would not be, I would not be the person that I am right now. 
if I would have were to hurt somebody, I just don't know if I could live with that. Yeah, I know. I I would feel the same way. But Tove, have you ever got? Have you ever at any time in your life got behind the wheel where you think back like I could have hurt someone? Oh yes. Yeah, me too. Big time. Yes. Oh, and it's especially so when I was young. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was an idiot. I will not if I am going. I did out, so much stupid shit. Oh, when I was young. yes. If, but if now if I'm going out, if I'm going to have more than one drink, I will one thousand percent Uber. Like I don't, I don't even mess with it because oh, I it's an eight dollar ride, right? Yeah. It's an eight dollar, and my kids, like, please take Uber. Like my kids don't drink that I know of. But gosh, and I hope they don't, but just don't drive. Like, yeah, when they're yeah. in college, just set them up with like an oh. Uber account to where in it's fact, like anytime. You know just what? That's what I give. That's what I give uh, kids who graduate as gifts. Oh, that's a great gift. Yeah. I give them. Yeah, that is a great gift. I give them credit. I give them a huge Uber credit because, and of all the things that I won't pay for in college, I promise you, I will pay for Uber. Yeah. And I think honestly, that's the biggest like public service announcement you can give. It's just like whether or not you approve of your kids drinking and driving or what they do, just just give them the option to help themselves. Because if if you don't want to hear about it, you don't want to know about it, that's fine. But if they're going to do it, regardless of what you say, just make sure that they're going to get home safe. safe. Yes. Yes. Like morally. If you have an issue with a a teenager drinking, that's fine. But knowing that even though you have a moral issue with it, that they could possibly do it anyway, have the conversation. Okay, I don't agree with it. I don't want you to do it. I really hope it doesn't happen. But God forbid it does. Just get home safe. Like, just get uh, home safe. And I wish. And here's how you get home safe. At the party that I was at would have just said, I'll call your father, your, you know, I'll call your dad for curfew and just tell him like, you're not coming home tonight. You're going to sleep here. Yeah. Because you're too drunk to come home. Like take stands, help kids. If you're going to allow it, which you shouldn't, but if you do like make sure that these kids are, I mean, we've got no idea what's going on. We're just, it's, you know, yeah, I knew parents who would do that same thing, you know, in high school. There's always the cool parents who allow you to hang out there and drink or whatever, but almost always it was a rule we had to hand over our keys. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know what, if you, uh, that's another thing. If you are one of those parents who's going to let your kids drink and other kids drink in your house, like then you have an obligation to make sure every single one of those kids gets home safe. Totally, like absolutely, like it is you your are, responsibility. Yeah, you've made the choice to do this. Yeah, and. Not, so I'm be not extra cool. Parent, and I'm not pointing blame because it is nobody else's fault but my own. Right. But, but you're a also a now, kid. Yeah. But as a parent now, it's like, just. Be extra know. cool and make sure they all get home safe. Yeah, be cool <laughs> by letting them drink. Be extra cool by taking away their keys. And making sure they every single one of them gets home okay. Amen yeah. to that. Okay. So, Sam, how did you how did you work through the emotional how did you like? How did this affect? I know how it affected your sports and you physically, and like, how did you forgive yourself? How did you work through? How did you become okay with all of this? How did you get to the well, point where you're reaching out to me saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm ready to. I want to talk about this if you're up for it." So I think at first, you know, like I said, I 
I realized that I had like turned what happened to me, this accident as like a direct reflection of myself mm-hmm. and I let it become a part of my identity and in the form of, I like felt very shameful. I was lying about what happened because I didn't want to talk about it. Um, and I was just kind of, I think I just, I felt bad in every sense of the way I felt bad for what I did to myself and for what I had done to my family. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of it stemmed from the immediately when it happened, thank God for my mom and sister who were always incredibly like sweet and supportive, but having to stand up and be like, this is what happens when you drink and drive. It's awful. Um, the girl who said she had it coming to her and that kind of thing. And I think that that this stuck with awful. me for a really long time. And I wasn't able to let that go for a really long time. And I never, mm-hmm. my mom encouraged me to like go talk to somebody about it. And I was like, I don't need to talk to anybody about it. Like it's over. It happened. It's done. And that was at a point where when you're a teenager, you're just like, it's done. It's over with like, let it go. But you don't really realize how that like can kind of fester over the years as you become older, as you become a wife, as you become a parent, that kind of thing. And I think that, I think that it was only a few years ago where I was just like able to accept it, like just say like, this is what happened to me and I'm not embarrassed and it's not a part of who I am. I'm a real, I like to think of myself as a really good person. I Oh, you're a great person. Have strong morals and yes. I love my family and I love my kids, but I I also like to have a really good time. And I liked to have a really good time back in high school and I made a bad choice when doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm able now to just kind of separate the you're like separate the two things. Yeah. You had a really good time. You made a bad choice. Yeah. You can still have a really good time and have a good choice. And I, it haunted me for a really long time mm. and it made me feel really bad and it made me feel really sad. But now that I have kids, I'm like, this is your, this is your opportunity to, to like literally change their lives probably. Yeah. And instead of being like, well, what are my kids going to think? Well, mom, you drink and drive, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. They're going to say to me, mm-hmm. you drink and drive. Mm-hmm. And what will, you know, the, parents that I'm friends with be like, Oh, well that girl drank and drive in high school. And she, she must've been like out of control. Like, what are we going to think about her? I'm just, I'm done. I've, I'm just done caring about what really what other people think in that sense, because I'm, I, I'm ready to. Well, it's a narrative you can't control and it has nothing to do with anybody else. I mean, thank God nobody got hurt. Nobody else got hurt. And like, it's a narrative that you can control. I mean, and yeah. again, every single human being listening to this today, ha- like when I say we've all done stupid stuff, that when I think about all the stupid stuff I'd, I've done, I, I, and I'm sure it's, it's the case for everyone, like I get flashes. Oh, like, yeah. Flashes like, of all the stupid, like, oh, too. I could have, I could have, that could have got me in real, that could have got me, you know, I mean, my life could look completely different than it does today. And every single person who's listening to this could say the same thing because of a stupid decision that somehow they got away with. And not that you got away with it, but, but you, it could have been so much worse. Right. But we are not the sum of our, thank God, you know, 
praise Jesus that we are not right. the sum of our stupid, stupid choices. Right. And we're so much stronger than, you know, and a lot of people I think say, say things, negative things, because it's more of a reflection of them oh, trying sure. to make themselves feel better. Um, but you know, I didn't realize that just until lately. And yeah. And I've had a million people be like, you know how many times I've had way too much to drink and got behind the wheel and drove home so many times, yeah. so many times, but thankfully I made it home and nobody ever thinks it's going to happen to me. It's never going to happen to me. It's never going to happen to me. Um, everybody thinks that even, even at my age at 47, yeah. people are still thinking it because I'm telling you when, when I got married 27, when I was 27, 28 years old, I remember every single, so all my girlfriends from San Francisco, they, when they came here, like when I lived in San Francisco, we took taxis, like nobody drank even back then and got behind the wheel, even back then. Yeah. But everybody in Dallas did. And my friends, when they it's came, when they came in for my wedding forever ago, 20 years ago, like they were freaking out. Like, how are all these people going to get home? Like, cause everybody's wasted at, yeah. and it wasn't weird to even me. Like I knew that I did not drink and drive when I lived in San Francisco, but I also knew that every single person at my wedding, there wasn't Uber. They were all yeah. getting in a car. And I mean, thank God for Uber. I think it's saved so many lives that we'll never know about, but yeah. there's still entirely too many people who drink and drive. And they just think it's not a big deal. Yeah. I'll, I'll get home. It's or it's not going to happen to me. It's right. five minutes. I mean, yeah. And I was 15 minutes away from my house, which is for, it's not close, but close enough where you're like, okay, it's straight. It was a straight yeah. away. So I'll be fine. I did a funeral for a, um, for a guy a few years ago. Uh, I officiated a funeral and he was at a Christmas party with all of the people that he works with. And he, the, like the guy who had the company got, got, he was like, look, everybody's had way too much to drink. Park your cars. I'm getting everybody cabs. This is when Uber still wasn't here, but he put everybody in cabs and, the guy like went around the block and with the cab and he was like, just take me to my car. I'm fine. Literally. He was like less than a mile from his home and he had an eight week old baby and <gasps> just newly married and he died. I mean, his, he died and he, you know, one car accident gone. And you know, you, you just think it's, I'm close. I'm fine. I may be, I may have had a few to drink, but I can get there. Like, it's just, it's, it's so stupid. I, it, an, an Uber costs eight bucks, 20 bucks, a hundred dollars. Take Doesn't whatever matter. it is. The Doesn't DUI is going to be a bazillion times more. The, the life that you take is going to be a million times more like it's living. It, yeah. Yes. With, with that girl. And especially if you live in a city where people are walking Yeah, and there's crosswalks Yeah, and you're just, you're unaware. And, and I, I realize that now, like, I mean, you've been in Mill Valley, people, they're walking everywhere. There's little kids riding bikes everywhere Yeah, and there's hills and mountains. There's 
tons of corners that you can't see. Like, just God forbid my child is, and that's also what I think about. What if there was, you know, it was at night, so there were no kids out, but my kid's on her bike or her scooter going into town and somebody's, you know, ripping around the corner because they're drunk and not thinking about it. And Well, there's plenty, I mean, plenty of people who day drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plenty More of, fun than night drinking. Plenty, plenty of those out there. <laughs> so, Sam, if you had to sum up, like, the 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 lesson, like, the, the gift, the gift, because I think lessons are gifts. So what has been the gift in all of this for you? Not promoting it, but but there are blessings that come out of the heart. So there are blessings and I think I think for me it was a blessing in disguise because I was on I was personally on not a great path in my life as far as just kind of being out of control and thinking that I was invisible. Um and it's hard to say that to a teenager and for have, you know, for them to understand what that means, but you're not invisible. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think more than anything for parents is to just, you know, obviously you pick your stance on how you feel about drinking and how kids drive and curfew and all that, but just give your kids, no matter what, give them an option and, don't scare them. Don't scare them out of being able to take that option yeah. if they make a choice. Yeah, that's really good. Don't scare them from being responsible. Yeah, like don't shame them to the point where they hide just it. Scared to tell their parents, like I, I did this thing, and they will do anything to get away. To from get it. home safe without their parents knowing that they drank. Right. So mm-hmm. just make that option open. Mm-hmm. I think, and I that's probably a really tough thing to do for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that this, like right now where we are in this world, I think that that's, I would say that's an easier option as an adult, as like a totally like grown minded human, as opposed to telling a teenager, don't drink and drive because that's, that's going to happen because you just, you're having fun with your friends, you're doing whatever, but as a parent, just make those options available and open communication and all of that. It's really good. Thank you so much, Sam. You're so sweet for doing this, for being here and for sharing this with all of us. It was so good. I'm so grateful. Like I was reminded of really good, important things. And you're so beautiful with your blue glassy eye. (laughs) Always come up on my left side if you want to sneak attack me. I'm going to stick my tongue out (laughs) on the left. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Tom. It was so good to see you. You too. You too.